we've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Tap into your most original thinking. Organize your ideas. And create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. We talk to creative practitioners around the world about how they get inspired and how they organize ideas, and most of all, how they gain the confidence and the connections to move their ideas forward and launch them out into the world. And I'm just so glad to talk to a practitioner today who helps not only come up with these ideas, but does implement and execute these new digital and innovative models. My guest is Katrin Zimmerman. Katrin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's great to be here. It's going to be a great conversation. Katrin is the CEO and Managing Director of a consultancy called TLGG. It's an Omnicom company, and she advises the world's leading mobility, healthcare, and finance companies on their digital and organizational transformations. And I think it's a good place to start, Katrin. There, it's, boy, the tra- when we say transformation, the level and the speed and the depth of some of this transformation is just gaining more and more momentum in all these industries, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think we we are living in a time of accelerated speed of newness, of inventions, of innovations. And it's, I think we're almost, or we are probably in a moment where everyone is halting for a second, thinking of, wow, can we handle all of the things that are potentially possible with the systems and infrastructures and way of thinking that we have today? Because the amount of overwhelmness, I think, has created a new level So we are facing a lot of challenges as organizations, obviously, but particularly also society. But then we're also seeing a lot of opportunities with what in particular technology brings to the table moving forward. So I think it's a very special moment in time around what's possible and where we're going in these industries that you name, but also in other industries, of course. Yes. In your background, previously, you co-founded the Lufthansa Innovation Hub, and that's a global entity. You even have a master's in innovative hospitality management, which I think the innovation in hospitality, and we think about airlines, we think about hotels, restaurants, and the like. How do these all relate to when we think of transformation? What What's driving innovation in these categories? I think it's quite interesting. I lived we in the early industrial ages. It was all around like creativity and innovation around the products, product design, product improvement. And that is something that I think we focused on heavily during that time. In the last maybe 10, 20 years, we not only did that, but accelerated also to what I would call the experience economy. So kind of innovation, oftentimes induced through technology on how we're interacting with companies, with brands, with organizations, but also how we within human situations, new types of communities being formed, new movements being organized, new ways of collaborating through social media and other tools. So all of that kind of being 
and coming together. And particularly from a hospitality standpoint, I think it's the experience design component that we heavily see in these industries being or coming more and more to the table. What is service design? How are we redefining human interaction at different customer experience touch points? And what's the utilization of technologies that either then bring value to the consumer or create a moment of delight and surprise? So a lot of innovation has been in these areas in the past. And I think we're just sitting at the cusp of what many people put into the bucket of computational design or computational creativity, which is maybe the next frontier of where data-driven innovation is going from the field of innovation perspective and what we might create as we are entering this new age of having more power to the brain, yeah. let's keep it that way, and how we leverage that to the better of humanity, ideally, and day-to-day -day interactions as much. As we were thinking about the clients you advise now, and healthcare was one of those fields which I've been intimately involved in throughout my career, but I couldn't help but wonder about the overlap between healthcare and hospitality. Many times we've said, boy, if healthcare companies and institutions, systems, providers could learn how to treat patients more like guests and less like objects. The experience, as you called it, the experience could change dramatically, not to mention the outcomes. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that is definitely true, but that is even true from a product design perspective. There's this wonderful example of, I think it's an MRI machine that was customized for children with some theme of a story, and storytelling is oftentimes the component that makes both product design and experience design really, really great and something that people talk about because it's memorable. I think that's the interesting maybe thread through all of the things, like how do we engage? How do we bring that to life? And I think in the last maybe 10, 10 years, we've seen more and more improvement in the healthcare fields, in the points of care, whether that's primary care, hospital care, even post-surgery care patient care in all senses to leverage some of these these models and just probably maybe in the last 18 months I've been seeing more and more people who were head of customer experience design or customer relationship management or so forth being hired into for example hospital systems to reimagine the customer experience and think through okay how and where is that going and how do we do these things and I think particularly through digital means, there is way more patient interaction, patient feedback collected, all of these things that we've been seeing in the hospitality industry ongoing for a lot of time is now coming more and more to the healthcare interactions. And I think it's also what we need and what we want. I think the problematic component is in the healthcare system, it's a cost factor that maybe payers and other payment infrastructures are not as easily providing. So I think it's Looking at the holistic impact and how can we drive better patient outcomes is part of a component when we look at customer experience, or in this case, patient experience design. Yes, very insightful. And as we think about experience, you're describing things about, is the patient happy, satisfied, so forth? And it sounds all soft and emotional, but you mentioned data-driven improvements and digital components of improving the experience. How does data help drive in other words, yeah, it may cost money, but look at the difference in whether it's patient satisfaction numbers or in some cases, the actual medical outcome. No, ideally, it's always exactly outcome-based and because there is a clear correlation also from a financial perspective. But it's also oftentimes 
just the way we behave. And I think it's a component of empathy and better therapeutics, better solution finding for patients. And I think we see that in a multitude of ways. On the one hand side, I think there was just a study around is AI more empathetically perceived as a human doctor? And in this particular study, they found that was the case. So helping and at the point of interaction with the patient, someone who is the expert in their field and knows everything about, about the heart, how to emp empathize and go into the interaction in the best way possible with the patient from a holistic perspective. Maybe that's where we use some components of technology, but also some components of how do we just create a better ex patient experience? What are the steps? What are the learnings that we have from other industries? And then it goes down to really also better um, interactions that we enable HCPs to have, whether that is to leverage technology in the operating room to make better surgery decisions or surgery platform infrastructures, or just clinical decision support engines that help and continuously learn leveraging data of individual patients and patient populations to Im improve the outcome of a certain disease or a certain problem, problematic healthcare situation. Yes. As you're advising companies, and we've been talking about healthcare, but let's now scope back to mobility and finance and hospitality and all the other industries we've been talking about. But certainly, and I, a mentor told me many years ago that creativity is coming up with ideas. Innovation is truly executing the ideas and putting them into practice. Where do companies get stuck? And as you think, not only individual innovators, but now we're talking about true corporate transformation in the organization. How do we overcome some of these obstacles? What have you seen from the standpoint of it's not just a need now, it is a demand that we advance our innovation and our models? Yeah, I love, I love how you're framing it, Mark. I think in probably the early days of my innovation career, it was all about what are we doing? So what is the thing that's going to come next? I think we are more in the age now of how are we doing it to actually create impact and finding these components. Because we live in an age of awareness. Everyone would have heard about certain t things and terms that previously we would probably have to explain CEOs. Every CEO is very concerned with the what. The question is really what's the how and how do we make things happen? And to me, it's, I think, a formula that I find oftentimes working is to leverage this is where we're going and make that super, super clear and continuously iterate on the vision and moving in that direction. But when something doesn't go as well, also look at what are the enhancements or small changes that might need to be required. And I think the, the biggest component to me is to allow for creativity to happen. And oftentimes we in business like structure and things. I'm from Germany, right? We like structure. We like good ways of producing something and then making things scalable. I think in innovation in particular, it's a lot about enabling people to do something, to pick something up, to move something forward. And that comes with a certain amount of I'm using the term chaos. I don't mean it in that sense, but a certain amount of lack of control from the top that needs to be allowed to create that freedom of experimentation, of moving things forward and getting things going. Because I think the biggest learning that I have in terms of what's stopping organizations is that some shape or form of moving something forward has been tried probably in some way already. 
but keeping the thing going, doing the 1500th experiment of something to finally crack and making that an organizational practice on how we are operating for something and always putting what we're currently doing in question if it's the best yet. I think that is what I see as, you know, most successful people in terms of managing transformations doing. And then to bring back some of the structures that big organizations need, I think it's about process, it's about communication. We both come from the communications industry is how do we bring people along and how do we help them to walk towards this next level of innovation is the other component. So I think we've moved a little bit from the age of what are we doing to the age of how are we doing it in a combination of the two. I'm glad you ended with that. I think the underscore there is moving from the what, because as we might know intellectually, we've read it, we strategically, it's the right thing to do. But now, how? Tactically, procedurally, culturally, how are we going to make those shifts? And oh, I guess absolutely. with the cultural thought there, certainly thinking about your own work, you've worked from Berlin to Seoul and now in New York, all the different kind of not only company cultures, but literally working in environmental cultures across markets. How does that affect the organizational and digital transformation models that you're trying to implement? I, I love that you're bringing up this point. I think culture, both organizational culture, but also national culture is, is very important when you look at how do you bring something forward. I think the biggest learning, particularly in the business context from Berlin to Southeast Asia to, to the US, is how do you need to adopt your approaches in order to have impact. And I think we both like the component of innovation being impactful. And in Germany, I think it's very much from that perspective of building a roadmap. This is where you're going, talking about all of the things you will be missing if you don't change. So it's a lot of risk-driven induction of change and of innovation. Whereas, for example, in the US, it's all about opportunity creation and saying this is what's possible when we're going down this route and this is the opportunity that you can create when you're moving and so it's much easier in in the US to get things going it is much easier in in German culture in my experience to keep things going mm. because once the plan is made everyone's running we have so, a plan <laughs> exactly and so Understanding these differences and then finding process modes, communications modes, cultural engagements to anticipate either direction is super important to have the long-term impact that you're looking for. Yes. And you've had a chance to work in even HR and finance. And now I think about throughout organizations, a lot of times we think about, oh, marketing is doing some great stuff or operations is really improving something. But if we don't put this every corner of the org chart, things can find all sorts of ways of slipping up. How have you seen trying to make innovation an organization-wide initiative? Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you're saying that in, in my experience in Germany, what happened is once in a fairly hierarchical structure, the top part of the organization is picking up on the matter, everyone is, oh, this is a great theme. So creating something that draws people in would be probably the answer. So the example that I have here is when the subject of digital transformation came in and we used the term innovation more and more in, in our titles, in small pieces of the organization, I think within a year, the utilization of innovation in a title has more than 10x across the organization. Mm, interesting. 
So how do you create these little pockets that draw people in that first look weird, but then everyone's, I want to do that. There's this beautiful video, I think, that many leaders use in order to show what inspiration to do something different does. It's a person starting to dance at a public event in a quite funky way to music. And then you see more and more people starting to join and becomes a movement. So how do you create these moments of, I'm doing something new here. It might be complicated. It also looks weird, but it's really fun. And so how do you draw people in to get that momentum going? I think that is what's been working to me. I love that. I've never had that experience being the first on the dance floor and everyone following me. I was usually very lonely with my funky moves in the... <laughs> So, you should have kept going. Mike. I should have kept going. I gave up too soon. I love that. My guest is Katrin Zimmerman of TLG, a Omnicom company out of New York. Katrin, I was also thinking about the maybe early experiences you had before maybe it was even called innovation, before you knew it was a creative pursuit. Maybe it was in your education or early in your career. Did you have some sort of event or impact moment? that said to you, I think this is something I'd like to pursue. I think I could be good at this. I love that you're asking this question because I've, when I'm, I did some reflection on what's the red threat. And it's really this part of curiosity, creating something new in my life. And I would say that probably my school education was a driver for that. And I went to a Montessori, Maria Montessori school. I don't know if you know yes. the concept, but in the end, the idea is, or the philosophy of teaching is help me to do it myself. Early on as a six, six-year-old, I've been given the tools to do the things, to learn math through an abacus by myself, to have the materials. So I've never been given the, okay, now we're going to learn algebra. It's more, okay, this is a room full of things. And you are here to learn. So now use the next four hours in prioritizing for yourself what you want to learn. And then we'll tell you how to do it. And I would say that has probably been the most fundamental perspective of where I am today in the innovation field of making me take opportunities with the materials, the infrastructures, the logics that I'm give, given, and then make the best out of that. So that's the deep-rooted why am I where I am today. Yeah, love that story. And thinking about giving you the tools and skills, we also have to learn to work with people. You know, and sometimes innovators feel really lonely. I already know what to do, like you said, and I even know how we could get it done. If I could just get the people on board or if I could just build a team around me to help implement this. Thinking about your collaborators, what sort of network of collaborators and support people have you built around you and your capabilities, even at your consultancy? The real team work of it. And I try to separate that it's a team work. What sort of collaborators have you worked with? Oh, I would say it's a vast network of people. I think it's, to me, it's if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with a team. And so for me, I've really just using the latest, the Omnicom network, we've been working wide and bright with all of our sister companies in a multitude of comple complex or not so complex situations leveraging their skill sets, whether that's good, any type of good marketing, communication, good brand work, good setting up of extraordinary events, whenever needed, for example, when we're bringing a new company to life, but also leveraging outside outside networks and platforms. I'm, for example, part here in, in the US of the German American Chamber of Commerce, 
that gives me access to a broad network of people bringing particularly innovation from Germany into the US market, whether that's around green tech, circular economy, which is really big in, in, in Germany right now, but also more tra traditional environments out of the German manufacturing field that is being valued here in the US. And then what we do a lot is collaborate with either thought leaders or experts, technology companies to engage with. We've been very fortunate to be able to tap into broad networks for expertise and thought leadership from, you know, Windsor for one of our clients to explain how the whole internet came about and how he as a co-inventor of it drove these things forward to what might be the next healthcare innovation or life sciences innovation animal sciences innovation and discussing with people co-founding Verily and other components. So really broad network and trying and aiming to continuously build that on a multitude of levels. And then last but not least, I think New York is a beautiful platform for building contacts in the last probably 10, 10 years or since I'm here, I think it has continuously evolved. Um, and really started to build some new grounds for different types of innovation also, setting it apart a little bit, maybe what we see in the Valley to more the Navy Yards, for example, as a space of co-collaboration across startups, city infrastructures, corporations, societies, membership groups, networks, all on the purpose of reinvigorating the city with a more futuristic and holistic perspective in mind. So very innovative ways of bringing things to life. So I'm very excited about having interactions with these types of people who bring next level innovation and yes. next level system innovation to life. Well, it's great to be among those thinkers too. There, it seems You seem to feed off of innovators love innovators, right? Yes. <laughs> there is also a little bit of a danger in that, actually. I like to make sure that my feet are also on the ground because what happens a lot in innovation, I think we can create this beautiful clouds of what we think is possible. But in order to have impact, we also need to make sure that our feet are you know, on the ground and bringing that to life in a way that people can follow along. And I think being able to stretch and then being able to ground yourself is what I learned, particularly as we see these step level changes of transformation coming to some of the fundamental infrastructure industries, whether that's banking, mobility or healthcare, that we need to be able to bridge that gap as innovators. That's when we are really impactful. Oh, wonderful. Katrin, what a wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I've got, I get excited about creativity and innovation, and you've got some great stories to tell. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. This was yeah. fantastic. Now tell us where we can find you and follow some of your work and learn more about your company. Yes, please find TLG Consulting or TLGG. We are the only ones to be found. Also find me on either Twitter or LinkedIn to engage with. I'm always excited to talk to other people, learn more about where your mind is at and where your fear is at potentially as we see all of the changes coming along. So please reach out. And listeners, I take Katrin up on this. I think sometimes in a podcast like this and in other conversations, people say, yeah, connect with me. And you think that's a nice to have. This is a real action step towards implementing our goals and building our networks and taking our ideas forward. So I don't think Katrin is just throwing that out there as a nicety. So definitely connect on LinkedIn, follow the company on Twitter and what have you, because I think we can continue to learn a lot. Katrin, thanks again for the conversation. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, my guest has been Katrin Zimmerman. She's CEO and Managing Director of TLG USA. It's a subsidiary of TLG, the Omnicom global company. She's working in all sorts of areas for digital organizational transformation, globalization, business model innovation, and we've heard a lot of great stories about that today. So come back again, listeners, to our next episode. We're going to continue our around-the-world journeys. We've stamped our creative passports in New York today. We'll continue our journeys around the world, talking to innovators and creative practitioners of all kinds. Until then, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. We'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. If you like this podcast, here's another show that you'll like from BSB Media. The Patients Speak, Healthcare Innovations Accelerating the Patient Journey. It features interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Presented by 83 Bar. Look for The Patient Speak on your favorite podcast app.